Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast, where being negative can be a good thing and being positive can turn the world against you. Hello, I am your HIV positive host, Miss Jennifer Levon, and did I say that too fast? Miss Jennifer Levon, and this is episode number 97. I'm almost to 100. I need to hit 100 before the new year. That should be my goal. I'll try for it. We'll see if that'll actually happen. Um, first of all, hi to my stepbrother, John, in Texas, who literally, I swear, I was planning on recording this today, um, and I was minutes from going upstairs. I just wanted to finish the uh, Nuggets game. They lost. Bummer. Um, the Denver Nuggets. I'm, I love I love the Nuggets. Um, and the Niners won today, so that was good. But it's funny. He sent me a text that he just circled the date from my last podcast. That was it. That was enough of a hint. Like, uh, where's the new one? And I know it's been a month, and I always have an excuse. But it's true. I am busy. I work from 7.15 in the morning until 6.15 at night. I know I always say that. I'm not complaining. I love my jobs. But it doesn't give me a lot of time after work to do anything. And then, um, you know, Owen usually has some kind of practice going on so and then the weekends there's been just sports and it's been busy and then when I have my time off I'm just exercising or I don't know my hair looks like crap or whatever and I honestly needed to wait for my lips to calm the hell down because I think the last time I did this yeah I had my lips done like days after I did the podcast and they looked insane for about five or six days maybe even two weeks I don't know they look crazy Maybe they still look crazy. I don't know. I don't care, but whatever. I can't control it. I just told them put a little bit more in because it had faded away from the last time that I'd done it, which had been like, I don't know, maybe eight months before. And um, I have this like, you know, wrinkly upper lip thanks to my genetics. It's just, you know, in the family. I know I'm not a smoker, but someone pointed it out a long time ago on TikTok and it, it just... I never saw my face the same after that. So I got lip filler. Of course, the Botox, every lady does. Um, but I also did the lip filler and just did a little bit more of a refresh. And he said, oh, you're really going to like this. And then I forgot. Uh, and I did have a date that day with, I think I told you guys, the he was the same guy that I went to that concert with where the Lucy and the Sky with Diamonds guy. So yeah, we hung out. Um, and I had had the lip filler put in that day. Well, by the next morning <laughs> and I, it was a overnight, um, my lips looked crazy. Like they blew up. I was mortified. I ran out of there. I was like, I had my hand over my mouth. Like, I don't even want you like looking at me. I didn't realize what it was going to look like the next morning. It was pretty bad. I even said to the doctor, I have a date tonight. It's going to be fine. Right. And he was, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he was talking about. Cause it did progressively start looking more crazy uh, through the night. But anyways, uh, the lips are better now. Um, okay, so many things to talk about, and I don't want this to be a super long podcast. I think I can cram it all into like a half an hour or so. We'll see. You guys know because by the time you're hearing this, the uh, final product's out there and you know how long it is. Um, let's see, where do I start? I want to start with um, Hydea Broadbent. And I meant to say in the last podcast, um, of course, she's a longtime survivor of HIV. She was um, born with it, or obviously it happened during the birthing process, or she got it from nursing, but I don't think so, because I don't think her mom was in her life after she was born. Um, anyways, she um, is a longtime advocate as well. She was on Oprah years ago as a child, um, had had AIDS many, many times, pneumonia, been very sick. She probably should have never made it, but she did. 
Um, I've had her on my podcast. Um, she had, the last I'd heard, she had been in ICU. I don't know what the circumstances were for it. Probably, probably life stuff. I don't think that she's got any um, diseases or anything like that. I, I really don't know, but that's my guess because she's had a, a hard go of life in general. Um, and I, I haven't talked to her. I just know that Maria HIV Mejia, who's a friend of mine, um, I reached out to her and I said, have you heard anything? How's she doing? And she said that she's out of ICU. This was like literally three weeks ago and that she's, um, on the mend. So that was good news. And then I saw her Facebook that was, maybe it was from like three weeks ago. She'd posted a couple of pictures. I don't think they're the happiest looking pictures, but she clearly took a picture of your, herself and posted them. So she's, um, she, you know, she's awake and aware and she's not like in a hospital bed or anything. So that's, that's good. And I, I, I always wish her well and I hope that things are looking up for her. Um, okay. So idea, um, let's see what I want to go to next. There's so many things. Matthew Perry died. And, uh, I have to say that that was not a shock to me at all. I know everybody was really shocked by it, but I bought his audiobook about a year ago and listened to it. And if you hear it, you can hear that. I mean, he says it was due to med, I think, it, you know, I don't even remember. There was some reason why his speech sounded the way it did. And he, he does sound like he's loaded. Uh, he does the audiobook. He's reading it, but he's got more of a slur to his, to his, um, speech. And I don't know, you know, clearly admits that he's been an addict for years and years and years and gone through like so many times with, you know, into rehab and stuff. And that at this point, if you were to ever go back again, that it would never happen again. Like he's done it enough. He's never going to do it again. I think that's what I remembered from the book. And he's basically just lived his whole adult life as an addict. Um, and it was opioids that had really done him in. And it was all based on some some uh, intestinal stuff that had gone on. I know that, you know, I can't even remember. Honestly, I don't want to like, I just know that there was like impacted shit, I think. Something like that. He had, yeah, he had like some big old, and he, like he should have died in the hospital. They put him on one of those machines where it's like the bypass machine, um, I think for your blood and stuff. But anyways, he said out of like the patients that were all put on it that night, like the chances of survival were really slim. And out of the six that were on, that got to be on those machines that night, he was the only one that survived. The other five died. So like just the odds that he made it through all that were kind of astronomical. Anyways, um, so I was not shocked because I knew that he'd had a really rough um, adult life with, with drugs and rehab and, and uh, loneliness and you name it. So anyways, yeah, we, we still don't really know um, as of now what was in his system we just know that he drowned in his hot tub so you know you don't you're not conscious and drowning obviously you have to be unconscious because everything in your body would stop you from from sucking up that water into your lungs so yeah we're still waiting to hear what happened it's sad rest in peace chandler bing um yeah i i love friends i haven't watched it since friends was on i've never been a big re-watcher fan of any show really so i did watch it all back in the day i probably never missed an episode um of course we all loved him he was super fun and hysterical and um yeah sad it's sad but that's life it really is um i am going 
Let's see, what do I want to mention next? Uh, I'm going to see Depeche Mode in two weeks. I'm really excited about that. I'm going to the Chase Center with Joey. I made her go with me. It didn't make her, but I went and saw Jim Gaffigan and Seinfeld at the Chase Center in San Francisco. So I did not know what the Chase Center would look like. I didn't really know where it was. I knew it was near AT&T Park. I know they don't call it that anymore, but I still do. Um, and the last time I was in that area, I had seen Cirque du Soleil. Uh, and I know I say that wrong for any of you who speak French, but whatever, that's the way we say it. Um, I had seen the, the traveling Cirque du Soleil basically in the parking lot that was next to AT&T Park. So that's where I thought they built Chase Center. And I guess they actually did. But in my mind, it was just going to be like, if you've been to the Oakland Stadium and Oakland Coliseum, it's like there's two very distinct places next to each other in a big giant parking lot and that's what i thought chase center was going to be well it's not it's like they they built a lot of stuff and it was i didn't even know when we drove right by it that we were driving by it i thought it was going to be this rounded coliseum looking place even though i knew it was inside anyways we finally get on the road and by the way there was a ton of traffic getting there we we left i left work a little bit early we had to be there by, you know, 7.30, really, to see the... Well, I, I didn't care about the... Because there was a first act. I don't even know who he was. But I wanted to see Jim Gaffigan. I wanted to make sure I was there for that. Um, and so just driving to the city in general stresses me the fuck out. I hate driving in the city. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It wasn't even dark out yet. Um, but we made it in the city. Like, I'm... Even though the map's showing me the lane to be in on Google Maps... I still feel like I'm a little off and that I'm not going to make it over or whatever. And um, anyway, we get on the exit. I'm asking Joey, is that, am I, am I in the, am I, should I be going on, am I going to go over the Bay Bridge? Are we on the right lane? You know, everything looks weird to me. I never know if I'm going the right way, especially when you never take these roads on a regular basis. So anyways, we got on the exit and uh, it, we, at the last minute, um, I realized I need to be in the left-hand lane in order to get onto the main drag where Chase Center is. So I spent the $50 for parking because I didn't know what else to do. So I'm like, I better just buy a ticket for parking. And I'm assuming this is going to be in a gravel parking lot, like, like the shoreline in Mountain View, where there's a million people directing you on how to get to the parking lot and where to park. And they're like directing you to a space. It get, you know, it's so easy to park at Shoreline and it's free. Um, but that is not what happened. I got on the main drag. I don't know what they call that road. Chase Center Drive. I don't even know. Um, anyways, we get on that main drag and there's light rail now that, or maybe it's the train. I, fuck, I don't even know what it was, but it's there's some new transportation that's built up in the middle of the road. So you're going, there's like two lanes that go one direction, two lanes that go the other direction, but you can't get over to those lanes until you get into an intersection where you can actually make a, a U-turn. And you've got to be careful because there's this light rail sign, you know, like it's a, it's a, uh, what do you call it? Um, not a stop sign, but it's a traffic sign that's new to me. I've never seen it. It's got the front of a light rail on it and it flashes and shit. And it's like, wait, can I go when it's flashing? Can I only go when it's off? Or, can, you know, I don't even know. It's terrifying. And like, it, is the light rail coming soon? The train, whatever it is. I don't know. The point is, is that we get on this two lane ro road and Chase Center is to our right. 
Google Maps is telling me that I need to make a right on, I don't remember what the name of the street was, Warrior Way or something, to get to the parking structure. Well, guess what? It's blocked off. There's a police barricade on that street. And there's no one telling you where to go for parking. There's no clear signs in any way at all. So I have, I don't even know where the parking well, it's a parking structure. It's not a parking lot. Everything looks like a building to me. So I don't even know which one was the parking structure at this point that it's dark. It's the, the sun has gone down. I was going to say the light has gone down. The sun went down. So I, and I'm panicking because now we're running late. You know, I left work early to get here in time to see Jim Gaffigan. And now I'm going to struggle with traffic, like within blocks of this place and I'm going to miss Jim Gaffigan. And I could have like, you know, if I had planned this better or whatever. So we, I get past the light rail. I still don't know what the hell it was. I want to say it was light rail. It's not, it's not the train. Um, and if it's the train, then, oh, well, whatever I'm wrong. But anyways, we get, we turn around and make a U-turn and I'm like, I'm hitting every red light. And then finally I said, okay, we're going to make a left-hand turn here. We're going around the back of Chase Center. So I realize it's the back. I said, I don't know, hopefully back there, that's where the street is. I still am not seeing anything clear that's identifying that this is the parking structure that I should go to for the $50 ticket that's on my phone that I need to show somebody at some point to get into a parking space somewhere. Um, there's like nothing. So um, I I pull over and there's two guys that are like, one's in like one of those little, uh, well, it's a security guy. Um, and then there was another guy that was, I don't know. I mean, they were, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. They didn't want to talk to me because <laughs> we pulled up in the street. One guy was in like one of those little parking uh, carts, you know, those electronic carts or whatever they drive around. And I went to ask him something like I was and but some the other parking guy just yelled at me that we can't park there. I'm like, I'm not trying to park. I'm find, trying to find where the parking is. But they both basically skedaddled. They, they knew that I was seeking assistance and they could give two shits. So we do a U-turn and I decide to make a left on this one street. I said, I don't know. We'll try. There's cars going this direction. This could be it. It was it. Thank God. So, uh, we get into the parking structure and the only parking is at the fourth floor. And all I can think is, oh my God, fourth floor, we're going to be stuck getting out of this nightmare of a parking structure. You know, it's all packed all the way up to the fourth floor. We're not going to be out of here until midnight. I'm not going to be home till 1.30 in the morning because it's an hour and a half from San Francisco to my house. And I'm going to be tired driving. I'm only going to get like four and a half hours sleep. And I have to get up and work the whole day the next day from 7.15. You know, I got to be up at 6. Um, and I got to be at work until 6.15. Like I'm going to be, there's nothing worse than not having enough sleep and having that hangover feeling all day and the headache and the, you know, you know that you're suffering. You did not get enough sleep and I didn't want to deal with that. So I'm panicked because we're parked up so far up in this parking structure. And I just thought this whole bottle, bottleneck thing is going to happen. So we go in, we see Jim Gaffigan. He's funny. He's funny. But I think I was expecting a lot more because I have seen him on YouTube a million times and he is, he's hysterical, but I don't know. I don't even remember one joke. Like, honestly, I remember something about passwords, computer passwords. And that was pretty funny, um, that we can't come up with computer passwords anymore. Cause like we've run out of all of the ideas and then, you know, the computers think we're stupid and they say, do you want us to come up with one for you? Cause they think we're so stupid. I don't know. It was, it was pretty fun. 
excuse me, it was pretty funny. Um, but I was really excited to see Jerry because the last time I saw him was at this place called the Circle Star Theater in San Carlos, where I grew up. It's like 20 miles south of San Francisco. It's no longer there. But I saw Jerry Seinfeld there when Seinfeld had just been on the air or, you know, the TV show had just been on for maybe about a year. He was popular. People were really starting to like like him. He had some joke about jeans and the cereal on the show. And anyways, I remember that I laughed so hard during that. And maybe because I was just green to comedy that I was easily like amused. I don't know. I don't feel like I've ever been easily amused with comedy. I like specific kind of comedy. And if it's cheap comedy or just slapstick stuff, I don't laugh. It doesn't make me laugh. So it has to be really witty. I have to relate to it. It has to be something like, oh my God, that is, I love the way that he twisted that and made me think of it a different way. And now it's hysterical, like that kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, that Jerry Seinfeld outing, when I saw him there, I remember laughing so hard that my cheeks hurt. I couldn't laugh any harder. I, my face hurt from laughing. So that was my, my last, um, impression of him in, in, uh, in, um, you know, in stand up, stand up. So I was really expecting a lot. So, and by the way, we had nosebleed seats. We, I did, had never been inside Chase Stadium by the time, by the time we, by the way, by the time we got in there, there was nobody, you know, really walking around or milling around the whole outer, uh, area that where the food is and the drinks and all that. Um, it was dead because everybody was inside. And so we found our seats really quickly. And it was one of those where you realize that the seats are even higher than there's a ton of empty seats, but your seats are like up at the very top. So it's like, why am I going to sit up there? Like there's even no, there's no one around this whole area. I'm not going to go sit 20 rows up when there's all this free seating down below and we're already in the 200 zone or whatever. So we found two seats and just sat down. Joey's always like a little nervous about stuff like that. And she thinks we're going to get in trouble. I'm like, dude, there's nobody in this area. Like, it's fine. We can just sit right here. So, uh, and it felt like, uh, we were really high up. Like, I feel like an old person because I looked down at the stage. And I really never needed to look directly at the stage because they were, um, they look like little ants, you know, on the stage. We were that far away. And, but the screens are great. You can see them on the screens and that's all you really need. Um, and, but if I looked, you know, I kept thinking in my head that if there's something catastrophic that happens, this is how I'm going down. I mean, I could not get that thought out of my head that a plane was going to crash into the building or, um, an earthquake was going to happen or a bomb was going to go off and we were going to go tumbling, you know, 400 feet to the bottom of the floor here. I mean, we were, it feels like you're really high up. It's scary. And I never used to think that way when I was younger, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've, I guess probably because we've seen enough shit happen on YouTube that we do know that bad shit happens. And so I couldn't get that thought out of my head um, kind of throughout the whole thing. So I wasn't totally relaxed. But anyway, Seinfeld wasn't as funny as I had hoped he would be. He started getting into a lot of marriage jokes, which I'm not relating to anymore. So to me, it wasn't like funny. Um, and he got into this whole thing about Flex Seal. It's like something that's on YouTube. I guess you can get it at Home Depot. He's really, he thought it was really funny and he made a whole bit on it. I didn't think it was funny at all. It was like, that was just like, ugh. so I kept looking at my clock, my clock, I kept my, my phone for the time. Um, and I, I was like nine. I kept thinking in my head, we'll leave around 10. But as the jokes were waning on and neither of us are really laughing, it was like 9.34 and I'm thinking, 
should we make a run for it? So at 9.37, I said to her, let's just go. You want to go? Do you mind? And she's like, no, it's fine. And I was starving on top of it. I wasn't going to spend $35 on a hot dog in there. So I was just like, no, I'm not buying anything because I had leftover school pizza in my car. Every Thursday at the after school program, we get pizza from uh, Straw Hat or Pizza Hut. And it's funny, they do a school recipe. It's not the regular pepperoni pizza that you'd buy if you were spending money on a pepperoni pizza. They have a school recipe, meaning it's like less cheese or less sauce or more bread. I don't know. It's not that good, but I knew it was in the car and I was going to eat that and I wasn't going to buy anything there because I'm just freaking no way am I spending money on like super expensive food that, you know, you barely even get anything. So, um, and believe me, they are reaming you there. Joey got a, um, dirty Shirley for 21 bucks. I said, you want to buy yourself a, a alcoholic beverage? You can, I'm not spending any more money. I already spent 50 on the park. I'm done. So um, she got that. And then, so yeah, she said, do you want to go? And I said, I do. So we, we ran down the stairs as fast as we could. We get into the open corridors. We're taking, like, we have to take two escalators down. And then I'm thinking, I hope we can remember how to get back into the parking structure. It was no problem. There was no one around. We zipped right out of that parking structure so fast. It was the best feeling in the world. And what was great is you get back on that road that you pass AT&T Park and then you make a left on King. So I'm like, okay, I'm just following the map. But I'm thinking I'm going to have to go down like Market Street or something. I'm going to have to go all through the city to get back on the freeway. Nope. <laughs> they have made this route. It's genius. You get on King Street and all of a sudden you're going up the ramp onto 101. It was, or maybe it's 280. I don't even know, but you're going south on a major freeway. And so you, it, everyone's going that direction. You have no other option. You're getting on the freeway. It's like, thank God it was so effortless. And so that honestly was the best part of my night was getting on the freeway. That whole scene, like that opening, it was like driving into the pearly gates. I was so happy to be on a familiar freeway and like have that stress gone and know that I would be home in a good amount of time and I was going to get some sleep and all that. So the whole thing, like honestly, the best part of it really was just getting out of there early and knowing that I wasn't going to be stuck in traffic. It, it trumped the actual comedy which sucks that it did, but now we know how to get there. So that's good because that's where Depeche Mode will be playing. Um, I made it home by 11, just like 11 o'clock. And I was like asleep by 1130. So it was nice because I was considering calling in sick and I don't want to do that. I'm not good at doing that when I'm not really sick. I just feel so guilty. So I, I, I have to go to work. Otherwise it drives me crazy. So, um, so yeah, so Depeche Mode and I was just listening to um, Enjoy the Silence. And, you know, there's a part of that song where I have always thought he was saying soldiers burping. So it says, vows are spoken to be broken. Feelings are intense. Words are trivial. Pleasures remain. So does the pain. That's what he's saying. Words are meaningless and forgettable. So I always thought he was saying Pleasures remain, soldiers burping, words are meaningless, unforgettable. But no, he's saying, so does the pain. Oh my God, I never knew. And I, I knew he wasn't saying soldiers burping, but it does sound like he's saying that. And I, you know, once you get something stuck in your head, that's the only way you can hear it. So now I have to try 
to remember these words or like look at this over and over again before the concert or else I'm literally going to say soldiers burping and it's going to piss me off that I didn't remember the words to enjoy the silence. Because I mean, damn, they play this in Target. I mean, in Watsonville. So I mean, it's a popular song. And I was looking it up, the live version of um, this song in Berlin. And it was nine years ago, it was uploaded on YouTube. It has like 211 million views. I mean, I know there's a lot of things on YouTube that have millions of views, but damn, I mean, a live concert. This wasn't even an original video. It was a live concert in Berlin. And uh, yeah, I remember watching that before too, probably when it was first uploaded. So yes, I'm excited about seeing Depeche Mode. I haven't seen them since... I don't remember if it was 86 or 87. I was either 16 or 17. I drove to the Cal Palace in San Francisco, South San Francisco with my friends. Um, and we were just all into U2 um, and Depeche Mode and Duran Duran. Those were like the big three bands. I mean, but Def Leppard too. And um, I saw Dave Gahan. I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. I saw Dave Gahan, the lead singer, in a white beater and white denim jeans and i don't remember what was on his feet but he does the spin he does this spin on stage with his arms straight out and uh i was like never the same i was a virgin at the time and i remember just watching him being like i like i died i died i was like i've uh like wow i mean i just remember just watching that and being mesmerized by his masculinity and his sexiness and I mean, I think he's 10 years older than me. So what was I, 16? He was probably 26. <gasps> oh, it was, I'm like, yeah, I was never the same ever. It was amazing. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. Oh, I have some exciting news. I am going to Louisiana. I'm going to New Orleans. I keep saying New Orleans. Um, and I've been told by Joey that that is wrong. And if we go there and say that, we will look terrible. It'll be the worst thing ever. So we're going to New Orleans um, December 6th through the 9th because I will be there for an ADAP. That's the AIDS Drug Assistance Advocacy Association meeting. Um, and we're allowed to bring a plus one. I didn't know. I Like the girls were kind of wanting to go. And I was like, I could only pick one. And I told them both no, because how could I pick only one? And I need one to stay here to help me with Owen for driving and stuff like that to school and practices and stuff. And then when I found out that I could bring one, because the uh, meeting coordinator, Brandon Mixada, he said, um, you know, please let me know. He sent an email to everybody. He said, please let me know who your plus one is so I can add them to the dinner list on Friday night. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, okay, so it is okay. Cause really all it would have been is sharing a hotel. But I've, I think I've been to things in the past where they don't want you to bring anybody or share the hotel for like liability reasons, even though the hotel is covered, they just don't want you bringing somebody with you. So even though they wouldn't be at the meeting, but anyways, when I, when he wrote that, then I was like, oh my God. So all I have to do is cover her airfare. That's it. Cause everything for me is covered. So um, we're, we're staying, um, at the Marriott and anyways, yeah, she will be there. And then, so what he, uh, he said that we have a dinner Friday night and I was like, so excited about just that. Right. So I think, oh my God, I call, I, I wrote to her right away. I said, you're going, you're going. I guess I just, cause I, Joey needs 
Joey needs this. I, she does. Ryan's really social. She's got a lot of stuff going on in her life, like with friends. And Joey's just been kind of dealing with more uh, anxiety, depression and stuff like that. And she just, she needs this trip. And I really want her to go with me too, because I feel like it'll be good for her. And so I tell her and she's like, let's go. She just writes in all caps, let's go. I'm like, yeah, you're going. So then I don't say anything to Ryan for like days because I don't know how to freaking tell her. And Owen, I tell Owen or whatever. And so Ryan comes over one day and it's just me, Joe, me, Owen and Ryan. And I say, I finally get up the courage to tell Ryan. I said, I've got to tell you something. And I left it like that. And then she, she, she asks, she like gives me all these like things of what she thinks it is. And everything is like terrible, you know, things to do with ex husbands and, you know, or that, I don't even remember what she said, but like crazy outlandish things. I'm like, no, no, no. I said, okay, so Joey's going with me to Louisiana and don't be mad at me. And she's like, and she gives me one of those and I'm like totally ready for her to give it to me. And I'm like, I mean, the only thing I can do really is like leave her money for gas, obviously, and money for like food and try to do a little extra to make up for the fact that she can't go. Um, Cause yeah, she's going to be stuck helping with her brother on top of it. So it's like insult to injury, even though she loves her brother. But um, so she's like, well, if I can't go, then I need a new pair of Doc Martens. So within 10 minutes, I finally give in and I say, not even that, I mean, within a minute, I finally say, okay, you can have a pair of Doc Martens. She goes, yes. And so she gets on her phone and she looks up right away what she wants and she goes, can I have your card? And I'm like, yes. Cause I'm, I do, I feel so guilty that she's not going. So I like, I'm like, this is kind of an easy fix. Okay. It's, 220 bucks and uh she i know they're gonna look adorable on her and she needs them for work and you know she's uh uh she's at, she works for a restaurant so she's kind of like uh she's busing at the crate place in santa cruz and so she's you know uh, parading around she's always dressed real cute um i always tell her if you could have been kind of like a stripper because like <laughs> she should see what she wears she, she looks she's yeah, I know she's got a lot of eyeballs on her. She's a beautiful girl and she dresses for the occasion. And I'm sure that's why she gets incredible tips. She's smart. She knows what she's doing. Anyways, these Doc Martens are going to look awesome on her. So I'm like, yeah, okay, of course I'll get them. So she orders them and then she's still playing up the whole like, well, then I want sushi for lunch too. And Owen should get a roll too. So what do I do? I buy them lunch. I buy them sushi. We go and pick it up. It's 50 freaking bucks for like a couple rolls and some soup and gyoza. I mean, it's such a ripoff. Sushi is such a ripoff. It's like it's rice with a little bit of fish. I mean, come on and mayonnaise. Anyway, so she gets that. And then I find out days later that she played the entire thing up and laughed when I left the room, like she looked at Owen, she goes, I don't even give a shit. She goes, I didn't even want to go anyways. She, and she's cracking up. So I don't find out about this until like two days later, Joey goes, Joey knew that Ryan didn't really care. And Ryan goes, but I had to get a new pair of boots. And it's like, it's totally fine. She's funny. It, the whole thing is funny. I cracked up. I fell for it completely. I thought she was totally bummed. And I thought by doing that, I would, you know, make her not be mad at me. But anyways, she's so everybody's content and happy. Joey wants to go on a gator tour. So I've looked up the tours and um, I did see the Louisiana um, real world, the New Orleans, New Orleans. Yeah. Real world um, 
and they honestly they just redid that show they brought everybody back for a reunion special kind of crazy that's the timing is crazy so danny was on there he's the guy who was uh, diagnosed with hiv and he was on the show um i follow him he doesn't follow me but um i follow him on instagram and um and uh so yeah it's kind of crazy because they did one of these gator tours and so i just recently watched that reunion like i don't know not episode because there was several several episodes but the reunion series i guess um yeah god what was that one girl's name the blonde there was the real christian guy with the blonde hair and then there was the girl Oh, I can't think of her name. She was a virgin on the show. And then she came on with her husband. And they were like having sex on the, like out in the backyard in like a tent. Like she was really overdid it in front of the cameras on her second go round on the reunion. She was over the top. She was so much. I can't think of her name. I want to say Laura and that's not it. Mm, I don't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, um, I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh yeah, they went on this these this Gator tour thing. So I did find that one, um, and it's the one with the big fan boat, like that gigantic fan in the back, and there's a room for maybe eight people on it. So I haven't booked it yet, but we're probably going to do that. And then I really thought I should do the Mississippi boat dinner cruise tour thing, jazz event, um, and I looked up on this one calendar and it's blocked out on the 7th that's a thursday so brandon writes to me he's the event coordinator and he's like you know he's the head of i'm i'm on the board of directors for the adap um advocacy association so it's the aids drug assistance program advocacy association there are 15 of us i believe and the majority of the people in the group have to have hiv like that's a prerequisite like i have to have hiv to be in this group. So like, yay me, I have it. Like, that's why I get to be on that. So it's a lot of like, there's people from the pharmaceutical world. There's a man there from San Francisco who knows all about like pharmacy, uh, the pharmacy chain, like how drugs are used, like how we can't, we don't break the chain in the US. That's why counterfeit medication can never get in through pharmacies. That's why when you get medication, you get it from a prescription through a doctor. So there's no fentanyl in our prescription medication that won't happen because it's a closed chain so he's super interesting but anyways he's going to be there his name's shabir i've met him before um i think if you remember if you've listened to me for a while i did a um i brandon asked me to come to washington dc during um one of the adap um, advocacy association it was one, it was a bigger event there was a lot more people there and i did the keynote speech so i spoke for like a half an hour i told my story scared shitless but I did it um and so he asked me uh, I don't even know three years ago if I wanted to be on the board of directors and he basically said you just kind of come to meetings that we have here and there there are zoom meetings like every I don't know three months or something um I every time something's sent to us through email I try to post it on my story um with a link to read you know it's it's a lot of um you know, it's good information, a lot of like stuff that comes out of Washington, D.C. that different people write. And he, um, you know, he gets that stuff to us and I get it out. But I'm really the only one that's like a social media. I don't know what you call me, butterfly, social media, sweetheart, whatever. I am that person. That's what I represent within this group. So I am literally the the 
dumb blonde. I mean, that's what I feel like I am. Cause I remember the first time I went to one of these things, they called it a fireside chat. It was in Monterey. And that time I didn't have to be flown in, but I did stay there overnight. And I remember it was my first time with the group. And like I said, there's people from the pharmaceutical world. These are people who don't have HIV. And then there's people who are like advocates in some way. They've long-term survivors. They've had HIV for a long time and they, um, they're involved in like local or, uh, federal, um, I don't even know programming and federal, um, like, uh, I can't think of the right words, like legislature and shit, like stuff that I just don't know anything about. So when they were going around the room and we had to introduce ourselves, I felt so stupid. I was like, honestly, I, I don't even know why you asked me to be here. Like I really, like, I'm just this dumb girl who'd made a YouTube video and I like, talk about HIV on the internet and I like fight trolls and I like told my story and it, and they laughed. Everybody was really nice. No one has ever made me feel that I'm not an important part of this group, but like in all honesty, like there's a lot of policy talk. That's the word I was trying to think of policy talk and stuff. And I, there's like the 340B, if you look that up, that's about, um, paying for medications like HIV medications and funding about it and stuff like that. Like, I don't about that shit. I feel really stupid when they talk about that. And I feel like I can't contribute anything. Um, but anyways, uh, it's cool because I am included in this group because I just happen to fit this, you know, like this, that's the other thing is they need so many people of color. They need so many white people. They need so many males. They need so many gay men. They need so many, uh, heterosexual people. They need people from the pharmaceutical world and they need people who are HIV positive. And I just happen to fit this, um, you know, puzzle piece that they looked at me and then he said, yeah, we want, we want you. And which was just, it was so flattering when he asked me and he goes, I promise you, there's not a whole lot to this. Uh, don't stress out about it, but it would be great to have you there. And so my name's on the website. There's a whole like, uh, bio about me. If you look up, um, ADAP, A-D-A-P, Advocacy Association. You can see the board of directors and you'll see my picture at the bottom. I think they went by last name. I think I'm second to last. And there's like, you know, all the profiles are there of everybody that's in the group. And so we're an eclectic group from a lot of from Washington, D.C. I think there's three of us coming from the San Francisco area, um, one from Florida, and I don't know, all over. So, um, yeah, so I look at this cruise uh, to book for me and Joey. And I see that that date is grayed out. And then I, uh, Brandon writes to me and he says, Hey, I hate to bother you. Have you booked your flight yet? I need your, um, I need your flight information and the cost I want to sell you for the uh, flight. So, um, I sent it to him and I said, Hey, um, are, are we on our own for dinner Thursday night? Cause Joey and I are flying in Wednesday. I said, are we on our own Thursday night for dinner? Um, or, you know, is there something with the group or whatever? I know we're t- doing something Friday night um, out out and about, but that's probably going to be on Bourbon Street. But um, f- Thursday night, what's the what's the deal? And he said, I said, because I want to book. And I told him I wanted to book the Mississippi dinner cruise for me and Joey. And he said, well, she's already going with you. We're already, we're already like, I mean, the way he wrote it was really cute. He was like, yeah, she's already included in, in our dinner cruise. We will be doing that Thursday night. And I was like get the F out of here. And he had written to me, he goes, the fact that you already did your, um, 
your flight and I didn't have to hound you and you're already goes just made me love you even more. And I said, well, the fact that you already booked this dinner cruise and I didn't have to book it. I love you even more. I was like, oh my God. So I tell Joe, you're not going to believe this. Like we're going on the dinner cruise too. So we are so stoked. So besides the Gators Thursday morning, the dinner cruise that night, the dinner out Friday evening, um, and beignets somewhere in between, and hopefully the voodoo place, um, and maybe a tarot card reading, I don't know, um, you know, we'll um, try to pack it all in. Um, yeah, that's that's what we'll be doing while we're there. So um, Joey and I are going to have a good time. I'm really, really excited. And I'm glad to have her on the flight with me at Southwest. And I know you can't, you don't pick your seats till that day. I hope to God we get to sit by each other. Because if you know me, you know about my ear exploding that one time or I had the rupture. And I haven't had a problem since. It hasn't happened since. But I do always have pressure in my ear that gets to an intense point, And then it finally will squeak, squeak, squeak and finally open up. My right ear is really problematic. It's not like, I know, because everybody says, oh, plug your nose and blow it. No, it's not. That doesn't work. Um, I've had this ear problem my whole life and flying is a real issue. Um, and I did have a rupture um, in one flight and it was the most painful. It was an acute pain that my my vagus nerve or vagal nerve or whatever in my body, you know, I had that effect. Like I almost vomited immediately. My face went white. I got the cold sweats immediately. It was like the pain was so extreme and it, it was awful. And that was from San Francisco or San Jose to Vegas. And then I had to go from Vegas to like, I had to fly again after it exploded. <laughs> and it, thankfully it was okay from Vegas to Vermont. I was, that was when I was, you know, seeing that person in Montreal. So, and that was before I was diagnosed with HIV. So I think it was just, my system was just not working properly and things were wearing down. And I think that's why it probably did that. So anyways, looking forward to this trip. It's coming up and we are going to have a fantastic time. Okay. Um, so this is crazy. The lady that, um, where are we here? The lady that was in that video who was screaming the F word over and over again in my last podcast, uh, Carol, she contacted me. She contacted me about two weeks ago. And she sent me a message and said, um, you know, this is the, this is a letter that went out from the superintendent to, I don't know who, all of the schools, all of the parents. I'm like, yeah, I know I got it too. So she sends me a screenshot of it. Like as if I didn't know about it, of course I did. Uh, Clearly she did not know that I posted anything on my podcast about her or my Instagram. And I'm not surprised because she wouldn't have social media. She probably has no idea that that video has like 4 million views also on YouTube. Anyways, she says to me, can you please write a letter? And then she basically wrote out what she wanted me to state in the letter that she wanted it to go to, I don't know, the board of directors for our school district. Um, and that she's always been a good teacher and that she's, you know, used her own money for supplies and, you know, you know that my character's good and that I would never mean any harm and I've always loved my students. And these things are true. She was always doing long-term assignments. She was reliable. She was a good teacher. There's no doubt about that. As a sub, like she did care and she did her job well. She went to work on time. I cannot say that she did not do those things. She did, but this is a very political thing. And the school district wanted her out when they heard her yelling those racial slurs, basically, to this 
man who was filming her, who was a past student of the high school that she subbed at saying, you know, you probably aren't even legal. I'm not giving you my insurance information. Um, and that was pretty much the, the reason that they got rid of her because of that. And so, because like our school is, our schools, this district, it's like, and in Watsonville, especially it's like 99% Hispanic. So it was really shocking to hear a teacher say that who's working with these students all the time. Um, so anyways, I told her, you know, I'm, I really am sorry about how everything went down and I'm sorry that, you know, you were treated the way you were because I know it was a quick, swift thing. They got rid of her right away. And I always, I have felt bad about like how she must be feeling like the world's against her and all of that. But she, um, unfortunately was caught saying something that I never would have said, you know, and she got caught and I know it didn't happen at school. It was outside of school, but it also showed kind of what she thinks about the people that the community that she works for or, or works with and the children that she works with. So I said to her that I am a little apprehensive or hesitant. I said, I said, I has, I said, I said, I was hesitant to write a letter to the district because I don't, I know that this was something that parents were, you know, wanting her out and students were as well. And I don't know who would know if I like took your side, you know, I don't want to, I don't need to get embroiled in this, this, this could affect my job too. And she waited a couple hours and she wrote something like, "Never mind, I don't need your help. Uh, I should have known better. And you know, the school district doesn't care about you. They don't should, they don't care about subs, you know, even your, our, um, our CWA, which is our, our, it's our union for the subs. They don't care about us. They didn't do anything for me. They just turned their heads when I asked for help. She's trying to sue the district, by the way. Um, and they will probably settle with her cause they don't like people uh, suing them. They just want to get rid of everybody. So she probably will get a settlement. Um, but anyways, because she did try to like bring it up to the board and they were, uh, they didn't even listen to her. She said, so she said it was a, a kangaroo court. So anyways, and she's furious. She just says they didn't give her a chance and she's going to sue. So she just basically told me that no one's going to care about me there. You're working for a stupid district. I knew I couldn't, you know, depend on you. Don't even worry about it. Like we are not close friends at all. We are colleagues who see each other every once in a while we happen to both sub for the district that's it we are not friends but like she did stay in my house for a week in 2017 and pet sat my my animals and i paid her for that but like we, it's not like we're friends i mean i don't text her like it's only about every once in a while like maybe one time a year there's something that will come up in the district and we'll text each other about it and that's about it with regards to our job that is it so um Anyway, um, I just got a phone call from Joey and I was like, oh my God, it's going to stop the recording, but it didn't. Anyway, she, um, says to me, I wait, I don't, I don't respond to that. And about an hour later, she said, it's in times like these that you really know who your real friends are, like really laying it on thick. And I was like, wow, like this, like there was no, uh, would you consider writing a letter? It was like, this is the letter I want you to write. I'm going to write it for you. This is how it should sound. And then when I told her I wasn't sure, and these were my, my kind of my feeling on it, it became, you're a bitch. I don't want to deal with you either. Like, she, I mean, her true colors are in that video. And that is kind of how she treated me, like not as abrasively, but basically it's, you know, I'm like, yeah, I, so I didn't respond to anything 
I didn't respond to that either because I was just like, I don't need to be fighting with her about this. And I, I ran it past some people at work and everybody was like, I would let it go. Don't sweat it. Don't think about it. Don't get involved. So that is that. Um, I think I have one last thing to end on here. Other than the fact that Owen got rear-ended and that really sucked. He's learning how to drive and we had a, a jam like not a jam, but like, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's traffic in the morning on the freeway and highway one, and it backed up, it, it backed up faster than he had planned. So he was braking, but the car in front of us, you know how that happens where the car in front of you, you didn't expect them to stop that fast. And all of a sudden you're coming up on their ass way faster than you thought. And I'm going, Oh my God, break, 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 break. And like he hits the brakes and the lock, the brakes lock up and we skid just a smidge. And thank God we didn't hit him, but guess what? We got rear-ended. <laughs> so it was a jolt. Like I had coffee all over my lap, even though I have a lid on my coffee, it came through. They just shot through the top. Like that's how hard it like hit the car. So my car is a cross track and the back bumper is plastic. It's kind of a freaking mess because I've run into a, at the gas station, I backed up into like this, one of those cement poles that keeps you from like hitting the gas station pump. And I kind of, I've had to tape my car together. I mean, I have black masking tape on my car what not masking tape but um duct tape on my car because like it sort of like there's it's sort of like there's like it's like a puzzle piece where around the tire where you can kind of kick it back together and it'll like attach again well there's some parts that don't always and they kind of pop out and so i had to tape stuff anyways if you're watching on youtube you can see my fingers going like this and holding it together so anyways they hit the back bumper um, I go, okay, just, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm saying to Owen, are you okay? I said, just pull over to the next exit. And, um, you know, this, it's still dark out. It's before daylight savings and, um, it's still dark in the morning. And so we pull over on this exit. It's a big, long exit where you go up a hill kind of, and I'm fully expecting the car to follow us up so we can take a look at the cars and exchange information. Um, they did not follow us. They just kept going on the freeway. <laughs> so we pulled off on the freeway and nobody followed us at all. So clearly whoever hit us didn't have insurance or didn't feel the need to deal with anything. So, and there was no way to figure out who they were because it was dark. I mean, we could get back on the freeway, but there was so much traffic. I had no idea which car it was and, uh, there was no damage to my car. I mean, it's plastic. It kind of just made it pop out again from the seam where again, where the plastic's kind of like together like this. It just, I just, I kick it real hard, the side of it, and it just kind of goes back in place. So it's fine. Um, but yeah, that, and it, unfortunately it kind of jostled him and it made him like worried now about traffic on the freeway and things like all of a sudden being, you know, stopping out of nowhere. And yeah. So anyways, he'll get, he'll get past it. He said, he goes, I feel like I have PTSD from that morning. I'm like, I know I totally get it. Um, Last thing, um, an animal story. Somebody wrote on my, oh no, I, oh my God, I was going to do all of the, oh, that's right. I completely forgot. Uh, I saved a turtle in the road. I'll just say that there was a turtle in the road <laughs> near uh, landmark school. I totally forgot. I was going to do comments from my video. So I have a, um, a short that has 1.2 million views now. And it's the one that's talking about, well, it just says, you know, that it's ironic that Eric 
Cutter, who gave me HIV, now has to take a pill every day called Genvoya, and it sounds like my name, Gen Vaughn, and I'm lip syncing to the Fleetwood Mac song. I don't remember the name of it, but it's the one that was real popular on TikTok. If you look up, and anyways, I mean, if you look it up on YouTube, you'll see it on my YouTube channel under shorts. Um, anyways, it has a lot of comments, and I'd say 99% of them are terrible. They're awful. Um, so I thought I would, and I, like, I know I shouldn't engage with the trolls, but I have a hard time resisting sometimes. And so I do respond at times and I shouldn't because people love that they pissed you off. And even when you're trying to explain something to them and they say more mean stuff, I mean, I don't know what, why people are like this. Like, who are these people? They're awful. But right before I went to record, um, somebody wrote the nicest thing. And I mean, I was literally going to just read what she wrote, but I want to read just some of the stuff that people say. Um, and I, uh, let me see if I could just, um, people wonder why some of us, some of us stand Virgin Airlines. That's stupid. Um, all I got to say is what um, people like are shocked that I'm people have told me that I shouldn't be talking about this on the internet. It's nobody's business, but mine. Um, someone wrote very disturbing. Uh, a lot of people have accused Eric of like, he should be in jail. Okay. So this lady says, okay, so why didn't you use condoms? Uh, no one uses condoms. <laughs> Uh, nobody does. <laughs> so all these people that say, why didn't you use condoms? If they've even one time not used a condom, even with a boyfriend or their husband, they're just as guilty as me. That's all I did. That's all I did. Um, and somebody, a lot of like, if you just kept your legs closed, this wouldn't have happened. Just so much blame. And, um, it's really crazy. I shouldn't say it's 99%. Now I'm seeing some that are actually nice. Um, let's see. That's your bad for Cochina Susia. I don't even know what that means. The lust of a lot of religious comments. The lust of the flesh is a sin against your body. Like the thing is, is that we're the reason we're, we're animals. Like we reproduce, like we have urges, we have biological urges and that's why we have sex because we have to keep our species going. Like, so it's really interesting to hear what, how people feel about sex and like how repressed people are and how religion plays a role and how there's so much blame when you actually do end up with uh, some kind of, you know, disease. I mean, diseases are, part of being human, you know, um, ma'am, French kissing can transmit HIV. No. Uh, someone says this stuff isn't even something to joke about. Um, and I, you know, what I do like is that even though someone feels that way and they're mad about my, my little video, you know what? They thought about it. They thought about HIV. It, even if it made them mad, they still saw it and they thought about it. And that's all I care is that it got their attention. Um, someone said, and I thought my cold was gross. So me having HIV is gross. Um, someone just writes, writes ivermectin. It's like, this isn't 
COVID, it's HIV. Um, uh, let's see what else. Oh, actually, there's a, you know, and horrible. Oh, you should have been smarter not to let people just raw dog her. Um, her, like, you're writing to me. Why didn't you say me? Um, um, he who is without sin cast ye the first stone. True. That is true. I like that. Um, and, but it's not a sin. What I, what I did wasn't sinful. That's the other thing. Someone said, someone was defending me in the comments and saying, you know, basically saying, I don't understand why all these people like are so mean to you. Like they've all made mistakes too. Like they basically, he's basically like defending me, but at the same time saying that I had made a mistake. Like what, what mistake did I make? Like if you have had sex without a condom, you did the same thing I did. That's it. So, you know, and this whole thing about testing and you should have, um, I got in an argument with somebody, which was really dumb. Oh, here we go. Condoms are not a new concept. Just saying, um, Anyways, this one guy, I, he was just saying that I, you know, I get all my partners tested before, which is also like, come on, like you don't. I've never had anybody ask me for a test before having sex with them. And I've never asked anybody for a test. This is not realistic. People do not do this. You think that people who are hooking up at bars are going, wait, we're going to wait until, no, they go home and they have sex or they do it in a car. No one's waiting for test results. And also test results aren't even a reliable source because anybody can be tested and then go out that same day and have sex and get something and that's not going to show up on that test they just took and there's window periods and all of that and there's you can freaking doctor up tests and all that i would never ever rely on a test if you don't want something from somebody but you want to have sex then protect yourself in the best way possible which is you know probably using condoms but you know shit a lot of us are in relationships or they just things happen you know things happen quick so um and most people don't like them like they don't like they are they stop the whole momentum they they are not fun and sexy. They're very clinical and they, they're just not fun. So most people don't use them. Um, but anyways, this guy said that he tests everybody. His name was big fag trucking, um, big F A G G trucking, nice name. And he tells me that I said, well, some people cheat on their partners and, you know, we hope that we can trust our partners, but that does, doesn't always, you know, hold true. And he, and I was, I was sort of alluding that that might've been what had happened to me, even though it wasn't. And he said, well, then it's your fault for not picking a better partner. Like, it's like, no matter what I said, it was my fault. And I am an idiot and I am to blame. And I did everything wrong as if these people live their lives so perfectly that everything they've done has been perfect because that's how most humans are, right? We do everything perfectly. Um, Anyways, I don't remember how it ended with him. He was a big old fucking jerk. But anyways, this lady just wrote here tonight. Okay, I just came across this channel and started reading comments. By the way, Victoria, I meant to say thank you for the coffee. I had you on my list here and I forgot to say something 
N Victoria. I checked it off that I said that, but I didn't. There we go. Thank you for the coffee. Um, okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I just came across this channel and started reading comments and now I'd like to voice my opinions or statements about all this. Wow. Holy shit. I did not know there were so many perfect people who do everything right all the time and have never caught anything or anyone at any time in their lives must be wonderful to have never had chicken pox or cold, etc. My goodness, people for one have a little compassion or understanding for another human being for, I'm sorry, there's no punctuation, so I'm doing my best, um, for, for off second, I don't know what that, second, you should um, never assume or figure that you know all about someone's life or situation just by a few seconds on here to one person who um, said get tested every year. Who does that? I certainly don't. And I just, and I just, and just because someone comes down with something like HIV doesn't mean they have no morals or sleep around, etc. I knew someone to whom, well, she thought she was in a happy, I'm sorry, I'm trying to do my best, but she wrote this fast, I think, and a happy, faithful marriage until, uh, she went to the OBGYN appointment to check up on her and her soon-to-be baby, and she ended up finding out that her husband was unfaithful to her because she was told she had herpes, so had nothing to do with her sleeping around because she didn't and hadn't, and she had actually waited till marriage to lose her virginity, so to no fault of her own, but her husband and how and how that's something she has, and now that's something she has to deal with for the rest of her life. Uh, me, I used to donate platelets and plasma where I'm negative blood, oh, negative blood. And out of nowhere, a few years ago, I was called back to the Red Cross place to be told that I had tested positive for hep C. I was shocked. I contracted it from a friend that was staying with me that was using my razor without asking. I would have given her her own um, when she showered. And lastly, I knew someone who had hep C and HIV. Um... He contracted both as a child many years ago from tainted blood from a blood transfusion because he was born hemophiliac. So he contracted both as a child many years ago. Uh, oh, wait. So people should really start to learn to before jumping and being rude and ignorant and making assumptions on things they do not know. Why not read or watch things and learn from others experience on right on whether or not they do or do things or whatever. God bless everyone. And I hope people would really start to learn learning more and stop being mean and rude to others. Thank you, Jay's Jewels. It looks like that was a woman. And um, that was really nice of her to write that long um, message. And I really appreciate the support because there's some really awful people out there who again, see the letters HIV and they tell me that I should scram and shut the F up and get off. And I'm like, if you noticed, I actually have a channel with like 70,000, almost 70,000 people now. Um, that wasn't because people hated what I was saying. It's because they were happy that I was talking about it and they wanted to be educated on it and they wanted to follow somebody with HIV and see what their life is like. So I thank you, all of you who still follow me or new followers. Thank you for following me and um, hanging in there with me. <clears throat> through the years. So I'm going to wrap this one up. It's uh, an hour. This ended up going twice as long as I thought I would thought I would wrap this up in a, in a 
30 minutes, but that did not happen. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I, like I said, I'm gonna, that, that'll be my goal. I'll try to do, uh, let's see, 98, 99, 100, three more before New Year's Day. How about that? That'll be my goal. All right, guys, have a good week. I love you all. Thank you so much for being my loyal followers. I really, really do appreciate those who are kind to me and like what I do. It means so much. It really, really does. Okay. Bye-bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.